Okay, I want sixth division. All right, Gateshead and Brackley Town are getting promoted. Farsley, Celtic, AFC Telford United, and Goalsley are getting relegated. <laughs> Maltstone United, Dorking Wanderers, and Ebsfleet United. They got promoted. Guys. Oh, hello, Nelson. Oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> we're, we're talking about uh, six division British soccer. <laughs> I just, I just mentioned, I just mentioned whoever I'm talking to on Instagram. I was like, is this y'all talking about the Premier League? I want to make sure I'm in the right chat. <laughs> oh yeah, you're good. You're good. <sighs> How are you doing, Nelson? I'm doing all right. How y'all been? Pretty good. Awesome. Yeah, I I, I kind of watch a little bit of Premier League, but I had no idea what y'all were talking about. I know about rele- I know about relegation and whatnot, but there was some names. I was like, who the hell is this? See, we were talking. We weren't talking about the Prem. We were talking about like the sixth division. <laughs> yeah, it's like private school college football. <laughs> they play yeah. out. They play in a farm somewhere. Yeah, it's like <laughs> nursing home state versus Cal College State. Like. Uh... <laughs> God save the queen. <laughs> yeah, Charles and I were talking about college football a few days ago, and uh, I think we mentioned that Liberty was going to play BYU, and Charles called it the battle of the creepy religious institution. <laughs> <laughs> the, the battle of which team has had the most players be suspended because they had sex with their girlfriends. Yeah. yeah. I just was like suspended for a violation of team rules. It's like, what team yeah. rules? <laughs> You held hands with someone of the opposite sex. <laughs> You're suspended. I was probably like, like you forgot to shave last week. Oh they yeah, have some whack rules. You didn't show up to Bible study Wednesday night, so uh, you can't play today. <laughs> Charles is a Yankee now. He's in Chicago. Oh my yeah, yeah. god. <laughs> now, I don't. I don't blame you. I'm trying to get out too, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm here for my master's degree right now. I just finished up. Uh, I just finished up mine, so I'm trying to find either awesome. go on to PhD or just find work and just get out. I feel yeah, that. that's fair. I'm an upcoming yeah. senior at Clemson University, um, but born and raised in Alabama. Lived in like the Birmingham area for ten years, and yeah. then well, we moved to Tuscaloosa, um, where the University of Alabama is. So roll damn tide. Roll tide. Yeah, I grew up in Birmingham and I lived there until I was 16. Oh, cool. Yeah, I was uh, born and raised and still am here in Montgomery. So, yeah. It's Lovely depressing. Montgomery. It's, de- <laughs> it's, it's depressing. <laughs> I just can't get over those green buildings. It's so ugly. Oh, yeah, the green and white. Yeah. <laughs> Like the massive RSA tower downtown is like this disgusting green roof and the white and it's just it's just weird. But yeah, I just I love how like the the capital of the state is just there's nothing to fucking do and there's like nothing here and this place sucks. And it's just like you I would know. think you would think that it would be the the best part, but it's not. It sucks. Every every other major city in Alabama is better than Montgomery. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I've always said like Birmingham should be the capital. <laughs> it really should. The only that's the only if I was gonna live anywhere in Alabama, if I had to like gun to my head, it would be the Birmingham area. Because at least oh. there's stuff to do. Yeah, that's, that's a really fun place to hang out for sure. Oh, Are the man. biscuits still there? 
Yes, I have to admit the biscuits are great, and it's one of probably the only like fun things to do in Montgomery is, is go to a biscuit game. And the fact that it's the biscuit just makes it so much better. And that our mascot is Big Al, who's like an anteater, but he's a biscuit eater, is fucking great. <laughs> Shout out to the the branding on that one. It, no, it yeah. literally it I remember I remember when they announced it when I was in middle school. Uh, everyone was pissed. They were like, what the fuck is this? Uh, this is some Yankee bullshit. The damn and just like uh but then like it turned into marketing gold because you got like people all over the world that like want a biscuit hat and like biscuit shirts. Then they had like foam biscuit uh hats that were like literally shaped like a biscuit. And it was just it's just it's just fucking great. And it's it's always fun to go to minor league baseball games. Like they, they have so much like crazy random shit. Like during the actual game to do, and it's it's just great. Also, there's a, the train track runs uh, like just behind the stadium. So if you uh, if you hit if a player hits a home run and hits the tr- hits a train passing by, they get like a thousand dollars or something. <laughs> Fucking That's great. The great incentive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what if you knock out the windows in the train? You get like a mill. <laughs> that should that should be yeah. That should definitely be like extra for sure. Like a jackpot. <laughs> We do have the, uh, we do have the, um, I mean, it's obviously not like fun because it's a dark part of history, but we have the, the, the EJI Memorial and Museum, uh, that opened up that, that brought like people in and is a really good thing. So that's, that's, I mean, it's obviously a depressing part of history, but it's, it's really, it's really good that they chose Montgomery and, uh, I forgot his name. I think it's Brian Stevenson from, from, I hope that's right. But like the EJI, like they came to Montgomery and did their thing. Like it's such a powerful, great, uh, historical thing to have that is bringing people in from all over the world. Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Cause like it was downtown was just like a vacant wasteland for so long. <laughs> <laughs> And then we got the biscuit, and we got EJI, and we got like a like a new hotel, and there's a it's like an alleyway where they built some places. It's like a green zone downtown, and then it's just like abandoned buildings. But every time I go down there, there's something new popping up. So maybe like in a decade or so, Montgomery will be okay. But I'm not staying here to wait that long. <laughs> uh, Ten more years, like that, that'd be tough. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> This is, a, this is a this is a six this is a six league uh premier league uh podcast we're talking yes. about uh the, <laughs> yeah, that's the, where we are the, the, the lead the lead the leads Hammers versus the uh dolwich hamlet <laughs> <laughs> worcestershire village uh worcestershire <laughs> <laughs> it's just a train station that's a soccer team <laughs> The farting town Tories. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I'm sure there's some souls up in that part of the world that have a specific sixth division podcast <laughs> where they know all the players on like Kingsland town and <laughs> the same dudes that have been playing for this team for like 10 years. So like in their late thirties, just smoking cigarettes on the sideline. <laughs> yeah. they, <laughs> they don't get paid anymore. Yeah, just it's like, just Sunday beer league. It's like, he's like 20 quid to play this game. Just... <laughs> Sponsored by a local tea company or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> they burn an effigy of Margaret Thatcher before every game. <laughs> <laughs> they do that instead of the national anthem. <laughs> yeah. everyone welcome back to the drew and Chudy show we've got another special guest today very excited to welcome nelson aboard we've got all sorts of alabama things to talk about so drew you've got another special guest for us today you have a bit of a knack for this nowadays how about you go ahead and introduce us all yeah absolutely um well welcome nelson from the dixieland of the proletariat podcast i've been a fan of it for a while they have a lot of good content and never failed to make me laugh, um, introduced me to issues I might not have heard of otherwise. Um, so Nelson, if you want to take the reins here, and I guess talk a little bit more about your podcast and plug it and do whatever you need to. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me all. But uh, yeah, I just want to uh, just want to say, uh, yeah, the podcast is Dixieland, the proletariat. Uh, we talk about Southern working class history and current events through a leftist perspective. Uh, so basically, um, I guess long story short, like half my family I, I'm unfortunately half Yankee. So half my family is from New York and then the other half of my family is from, uh, well, New York and then also Boston area. And then uh, I have family from Alabama. I currently live in Alabama, born and raised. But uh, every time I'd go up north, I would get like asked the dumbest questions every time I told people I was from Alabama, uh, just like in a range of just stupidity. And so I was just like, you know, no one really understands the South and like this other side of history that is never really talked about. And then uh, when I was actually thinking about that, I kept seeing online a bunch of uh, like online leftists, like talking about like, there's any place to learn about like Southern history. And like, they like this, they, I don't know, it just started popping up for some reason. It's like when you think of something or like you want like that certain car that you want to buy, like you keep seeing it on the road constantly. Like I, I thought about this and I kept seeing it on social media. Like people were like, uh, oh, I want to learn about the South. I want to learn about this. And like little tidbits get popping up. People are like, I wish I knew more about this. I was like, I mean, I'm a generic white dude with facial hair. I can start a podcast. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so uh, so I got some some friends together and we uh, we started about two years ago and it's been going ever since. We've had some lineup changes and brought people on, people left. But uh, but yeah, so it's uh, we have a pretty diverse hosting a uh, host i guess and so we talk about different issues we bring on different people uh we were on rev left radio um we've you know had i guess you know everyone on from professors to just activists to uh to historians to everyone in between coming on talking about uh specific things in southern history that affect like the working class from like a leftist perspective. Like we're tackling like the myth of the lost cause. We talk about union struggles. We talk about uh, black and indigenous struggles, uh, just things that go beyond what people think the South really is. Cause we're not all a bunch of bumbling inbred racists. Uh, there's a lot of good, there's a lot of good people here. And unfortunately we all get lumped in with the bumbling cousin fucking racists. Yeah, absolutely. And I really enjoyed your episode on, you know, Aniston, the the atrocities there and the environmental racism. Yeah. I'd already known about that before I listened to the episode, but there were so many new details that I never would have known, you know, all about pulling the fish out and they have these huge deformities. Yeah. And it's like, you know, something is definitely wrong here. 
and just all the effort Monsanto went to to cover this up and you know not take the blame for it. Yeah, that that was great. So that was our uh, real quick. That was our third episode, and we had done our first two episodes on uh, it was called Blood and Coal, like Battle of Blood Mountain, and just in just coal mining history and stuff throughout the South. And then we did our episode on the Battle of Horseshoe Bend and why Andrew Jackson's a piece of shit. And then we uh, and then we were like, ah, what 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 are we gonna do about our third episode? And I was working at a restaurant at the time, and some friends of mine came in for Sunday brunch. And one of my friends, Blake, was like, hey, man, I got an idea for your podcast. Blake looks like he looks like Ronnie Van Zant from Leonard Skinner. Like, it looks just <laughs> dead ass like him. Like, I was like, dude, are you sure that you died in that plane crash back then? Um, so, like, he was like, man, I got this. Have you heard about, like, what Monsanto did in Aniston? I'm like, no, I have what they do. And he was like telling me everything. He's like, got to watch this, do this. I did a whole report on it. And I was like, dude, you come in and, like, sit in with us and we'll do this episode. And just like what, like reading the stuff he sent me, like watching the documentaries, I was like, oh my God, they literally poisoned that entire town and they're still suffering from it today. Like Aniston, Alabama, that area has some of the highest rates of cancer in the South, I think in the nation probably because of the PCBs, I think it's what, I think it's what it was, the specific chemical yeah. that, uh, that, um, Monsanto made and just poisoned and they were the dumping yeah. in the creeks yeah yeah just poison the groundwater and everything and just deformed fish and and cancer just horrible and i think the most unfortunate part of it is that this is not taught in any um you know education you know books out there or talked about mainstream media like you really have to dig up some dirt in order to find it um and it's it's appalling that's what really makes me angry i think yeah, definitely. And then like when it comes to uh, like we did our episode on the, the myth of the lost cause, which is like basically uh, what not just the South, but like the nation almost is taught about the Civil War uh, is mostly false. Like every like this whole notion of uh, like what is some what is some stuff like uh, some diehard lost causes are like, oh, um, they were black Confederates and uh, the, war, <laughs> the war wasn't about slavery. Uh and that, uh, you know, Lee was a really good general, like all this stuff, this all lies like it, 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 and that whole episode talking about like the daughters of the Confederacy and like how the, how ex-Confederate officers were able to just completely rewrite history to paint the South as like this, uh, noble place that like fought for something they believed in. And they just happened to be defeated by the, but the drunk butcher grant and like an overwhelming, uh, slaughter by union forces and Sherman's a war criminal and all this other stuff um, to it, it just perpetuates. And it's not just in the South, but like you find a lot of this stuff in the North too, that uh, it's, it's, it's weird. It's crazy how the losers were able to rewrite the history when normally it's the winners that write the history. The losers were literally allowed to write the history. And in this case, the losers were uh, psychopathic fucking slave owners. Yeah, I guess to expound upon on the point of like black um, Confederate soldiers, I'm reading this book right now by Howard Zinn called A People's History of the United States. Definitely yeah. check it out if you haven't read it. But he discusses how the white slave um, owning elite and like soldiers were terrified of black people having guns, you know, the slaves, because, you know, they thought they'd probably turn it on them as they should. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so these they wrote into laws and military documents like you cannot allow them to join the army 
But at the end of the war, like in 1865, they were deprived of so many troops. So many had died and they were really losing the battle. A few states like Virginia allowed a few um, slaves to join the battle. Um, but it was you know, too little, too late. I don't think they wanted to fight for the Confederacy. It <laughs> no. was kind of like um, you get shot if you don't. Uh, so you might as well just take the chance. And <laughs> yeah. So uh, funny enough, I talked about that on the episode we did. So a little bit more in like I read some more books like that went in deeper into like the myth of the lost cause. But uh, funny enough, uh, you're right. Um, uh, Major General uh, Patrick Claiborne of the Con- of the Confederacy, who's a, an Irish immigrant, uh, he actually back in like the, the, the middle of the war, like 1862, 1863, was like, hey, uh, why don't we, you know, arm slaves and like after the war we granted their freedom if we win and he like wrote this letter to davis and like his cabinet and the general staff and like lie like laid out logically like hey we can't win this if we keep doing what we're doing because we don't have the manpower uh we should you know arm uh slaves and grant them their freedom after the war right you know we're fighting against the 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 tyranny of the of the of the republic of the union and we should, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, whatnot. And Davis and Lee, uh, President Davis and General Lee and others were so disgusted by Claiborne's uh, request that he was actually, uh, he wasn't demoted, but he was passed over for a promotion. And Claiborne arguably was one of the best generals that the Confederacy had. But they literally sidelined him because he suggested we should arm slaves and give them their freedom after the war if they fight for the Confederacy, because we're gonna they're gonna lose. I say we, it's not we. They're gonna lose. Um, so yeah, that that goes to show you, like not only just like the racism, but like just the utter stupidity of the Confederacy. So yeah, and I think at like 1865, uh, Davis was like, oh, we're gonna lose. Like yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Uh, I think they like 90. I think they put out a thing like 90 uh, slaves, I think, in general. Uh, overall, in the entire Confederacy, I think it was 90 slaves were uh, were uh, given guns and like told to join the Confederate army, but they didn't fight. It was it's it's this myth of the conf- of the black Confederate. It's a, there's a book actually called The Myth of the Black Confederate or Searching for the Black Confederate. And it's, it's such bullshit. Like it, it didn't happen. It's just this lost cause uh, lie to try yeah. to to try to make the south not look like a like during that time foaming at the mouth racist that fought for slavery when they were absolutely yeah i think we want to um bring it back a little bit yeah. <laughs> more, more modern day <laughs> <laughs> oh, no that was a great discussion um but right, they, they get they the... get they, they yell at me on my podcast when i try to bring up civil war history because like enough enough of the civil war history <laughs> I thought that was great. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Definitely worth discussing. But yeah, back to the 22 elections. Um, we got the primaries going on um, today, actually, in Alabama and other states. So this was actually my first time voting, and I did not feel good about it, to say the least. <laughs> I don't like being confined to a two-party kleptocracy, but it's really it really is a, a lesser of the two evils thing. Um, so I voted for the first time today. I went down you know, drove a few minutes to the local church um, around 10 a.m. 
And guess what? I was the only person under like 65 there voting. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's that time of the day or where I live, um, but that was pretty funny. But no, everyone like working there was very nice. And they're like, oh, you're a first time voter, like and gave me a handshake and like very proud. So I appreciate that. The Southern hospitality on full display. <laughs> I bet if they knew who you were voting for, they would not have been so nice. <laughs> <laughs> we're proud of you, son. Wait a minute. You got that Democrat ballot. <laughs> you, can, you can get out. <laughs> the first time I voted, it was in Arlington, Virginia, in the primary for the 2016 election. I was actually 17 at the time, but if you turn 18 by November, yeah. then you, know, you can vote. So it was kind of the same deal. It's just a bunch of old people. So with my sister in the middle of the day, but that that's a very different place from uh yeah Tuscaloosa. At, at my uh I think it I think it I think it does I think it is have I think it does have to do with the time of the day, but also primary uh elections have very low turnout to begin with. But uh I, I when I went to my polling place today, I was like the only person there, probably under 65 as well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wow, oh, this is depressing. Uh, then I saw yeah, the ballot I think- and I was like, no wonder I have this sucks. Like this is just horrible. <laughs> Yeah, I think the time of the day is a big part, right? Because, you know, working people are going to go between seven, and nine before they have work, you know, nine to five generally, or and then after like five to seven, I think the polls close at seven, which is in the next hour. Um, but, but yeah, I think, you know, elderly people mostly are retired, so they can kind of go whenever they want to. Exactly. And it's, it's in, Anyway, I, I can rant about it forever, but like the fact that it's only one, the fact that it's one day, like election day in general is, is one day during the week that's not a holiday and it's 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. where most people like either work nights or like have to work all day and don't have time to go vote is just is ridiculous. Like the our entire the entire system and the way we vote and everything about it just sucks. And absolutely like it, you know, if you don't have election day is a federal holiday you know you have working class people having to make really hard choices like do i go you know i need this money my nine to five job um to provide for myself and my family or do i you know vote and get my opinion out there um and unfortunately some some people have to sacrifice um their vote to provide for their family because i mean so many americans are living on very very thin margins um, yeah. And it, it discriminates against people of color and people um, in the working class and, and so forth. And it's really, really frustrating. Not to mention the voter ID laws, too. Just like it's like the 1960s. I'm sure, Nelson, you know all about these like literacy tests and things. Oh, yeah. But it's still a relic of that past. It's just crazy. Because getting an ID is not easy. You got to have all these papers. You got to go to the DMV. It's been the whole day there. Like, yeah, the the ID thing, especially in Alabama, has been a clusterfuck. Um, so like there's 67 counties, and uh, in order to get one of those free IDs, they had mobile units, but they only had two mobile units for the entire state for like 67 counties. Um, yeah. I, I took I took two. I took two Southern politics classes. I took, uh, and then the most recent one I talked in, I took in grad school was taught by a much younger professor uh, who's an expert in Southern politics. And the, the issue of like voter IDs and stuff came up. And he said that like, um, like when, when you look at the statistics, uh, when these, when these voter IDs came out, everyone was like, this is going to be horrible. And it is, I mean, it's stupid. It shouldn't be a thing. 
but uh, you got to give credit to the black community because they said you're not going to hold us down, and they had a massive drive to get people registered and to get IDs to the point where like uh, voter IDs statistically affect older people the most the elderly because they don't drive so if they don't drive there's no reason to get a license or to just let your license expire so for it doesn't necessarily affect like younger people and like middle-aged people but everyone that's old like you know Mima and papa whoever uh that don't drive uh it, it definitely affects them and ironically, the older people vote more than younger people. So it's kind of like this like skewed thing where like old people can't get an ID to vote, but they vote at a higher rate <laughs> than young people who can get the ID. It's it's <laughs> the whole thing is stupid. Like the whole thing is so utterly ridiculous because uh in-person voter ID fraud is is non-existent. I think they did like a whole study for tracking like a number of years and they only found like a handful of cases uh throughout the united states like it just doesn't happen and so it's yeah. just it's this boogeyman that doesn't exist it was literally um i have this whole document with all kinds of stuff but one of the um things i've written about is you know voting right and talking about voter fraud and there have been only 143 convictions of voter fraud in the last 20 years involving mail-in ballots. So I think there, there have been a little bit more in that. Uh, the percentage for voter fraud in the nation is between 0.0003 and 0.0025%. Well, obviously, obviously that didn't take into consideration the 2020 election where when Joe Biden stole it from Trump. If you, if you watch D'Souza's uh, documentary, uh, Having Sex with a Thousand Mules, you'll see that, the, that they <laughs> stole the election. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Wait, but have you heard of Mike Lindell's papers? You got <laughs> those papers. They stuffed the ballots in the pillows. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the videos? Have you seen the video? Have you seen going it? Dropping in the letters? My, my dad believes in all that stuff, and he was telling me, you got to watch D'Souza's documentary, and he started going off statistics, and I was like, yeah, the documentary called uh, I Fucked the Mule, right? Is that it? <laughs> He's like, no, it's a, it's 10,000 mules. I was like, that man fucked 10,000 mules. That shit's wild. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Damn, yeah, it's man. funny. <laughs> it's crazy how I don't want to go too, mu too much on a tangent here, but like how the GOP is really taking that. I mean, a lot of a huge chunk of Republicans still believe that the election was stolen in 2020 and they're basing their whole campaign on it. Like, you know, bring Trump back and like improve um voting security you know by discriminating against black people and stuff yeah um it, it's really frustrating they live in this fantasy world it's devoid of reality they're not engaging with like normal policy debates it's somewhere outside of that and you know when we have we're talking about something that happens on an extremely low basis right i just give you the numbers and we have these serious problems in this country like healthcare and immigration um and i mean the economy um of course um and we're talking about something that pretty much doesn't exist statistically um that's really really frustrating yeah no it, i did my i just i did my master's thesis on satisfaction with american democracy and like i found that uh i, I found some articles just to, to put in there at the beginning of the intro um 
talking about like, I think it was one said like 70% of registered Republicans believe in the big lie that like the election was stolen and Biden's not a legitimate president. It's like anywhere between 50 and 70%, which is ridiculous. Like it's utterly ridiculous that like oh, a half to two thirds of uh, a major political party uh, believe that the election was stolen. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. It, it makes no sense. Also, uh, I'd found that like Pew did a whole thing and that uh, the majority of Republicans believe that voting is a privilege and not a right. It was just like, well, now I see where this is going. That's not yeah. sus at all. We, we've, <laughs> we've seen this before. <laughs> like, they're all about, like, freedom and everything, but they're very anti-democratic. Yeah. Even openly nowadays. Absolutely. Yeah. We're definitely on a trend towards fascism in one way or another. Obviously, they never use that word because it has the baggage on it. Um, but, I mean, we are, we are going that direction. I'm afraid, you know, with this election... And my prediction is that Republicans will gain more seats, the GOP. And a lot of these people aren't, you know, mainstream Republicans that you normally think of, but they're, you know, the MTGs of the world, the Katie Brits, you know, that sort of thing. And that's um, very troubling. Y'all want to know something I haven't uh, breaking. I haven't even talked about this on on my podcast yet, but I'll give you all an exclusive. You want to know what I actually found about satisfaction with American democracy in my thesis? But probably not so good. No, no, it's 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 wild. It's wild. So I use the uh, American National Election. I want to say survey, but it's statistic. American National Election statistic, and um, it was over ten thousand uh, participants that I was able to pull from. Like it's obviously so much. Huge sample thousands. size. Yeah, my sample size was ten. Was a little over ten thousand people. So uh, satisfaction with democracy has based. I did 2012, 2016, 2020, clumped it all together. Um, from 12 to 20, like Americans, majority of Americans think like right at 50%, it may be a little less. So most of them polled, uh, were fairly satisfied with democracy. And then it was like somewhat in the extremes of like the weirdos that are always satisfied with democracy. They're just weird. And then like the not satisfied at all was like the lowest, but I found when I, when I ran, um, partisanship and ideology that conservatives overall have a higher satisfaction with American democracy than liberals. Um, Not surprised. <laughs> it, it's, and, and I was like, I was like, what the fuck? And even my professor was like, what the fuck? And then we, <laughs> I, we, uh, I was thinking, it's like, Oh, I mean, obviously like they um, it's, it's because the system works for them. So they, yeah. believe, they believe in other articles that I, I referenced in the, in the thesis, like, uh, it's if you believe that your um, your means, like if you believe in what you want to accomplish, can be done through democracy, you have a higher satisfaction uh, rating of it. So, uh, conservatives uh, overall, uh, the more conservative you get, the higher satisfaction you have with American democracy. Now, the the thing and the one the things that were crazy that we didn't find. Um, was that media consumption and what media you consume had nothing to do with it. Um, only if you trusted the source you were getting it from, did your satisfaction of democracy go up. And the only media source that I looked at that mattered was between 2012 and 2016. If you listen to conservative talk radio, your satisfaction of democracy went up. Um, there was the, the four that held constant. Oh yeah. Also social media didn't have anything, uh, was not statistically significant. Um, like the only, only trust in media 
if you trust the media source, did it did it matter? And it went up as more as as you trusted the source more, your satisfaction went up. But um, age, income, uh, do you trust the government? And do you believe the government uh, represents the people or big interest? Were the four variables that held constant throughout those years, like race and gender, didn't didn't mean anything. It was literally conservatives have a higher rate of satisfaction democracy. The older, wealthier, more trust in government you have. And if you believe that government represents the people and not big interests, you have the highest satisfaction with democracy. If you're poor, you're young, you don't trust the government and you believe the government works for big interests and not the people you have a least satisfaction with democracy. So it's like, I wonder which group of people these could be. (laughs) (laughs) It's like everyone who voted for Bernie just does not have any satisfaction with democracy. And most everyone who voted for Trump was like, yeah, fucking democracy is great until like 2020 when they until were like, it's oh, not. It's stolen. No, it's, not. <laughs> <sighs> it's just God. America's America's fucking rotted. What a terrible country. Yeah. It's such a terrible fucking. It's such a terrible place. <sighs> yeah, it's like a serious question to ask, like, do we really have democracy here? <laughs> oh no, I had to. That was one it's of the not. things that the professors, uh, when I had to, def- when I had to present it, they were like, "So what does it mean?" But it was like one of the things I had to clarify in the paper was like, you know, there's different perceptions of democracy and the blah 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 blah, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, that was thing. Also, they got they uh, they asked why I conflated conservatives with reactionaries. I was like, ah, oh, they're basically the same thing at this fucking point. Yeah, at this point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, democracy. It's kind of funny because I started rooting against the United States in every international sporting event, probably starting in like 2006. Oh, mainly 100%. because I thought the fans and the media were super annoying. Well, I and rooted, yeah, especially I in the World Cup in 2010, I was like rooting for Ghana against the United States. Like people <laughs> were getting all mad at me. It's like, you're unpatriotic. And I was like 13 or 12 at the time. So I was not you know, indoctrinated into the wild world of the left. So I didn't really, you know, understand, but just like, I just think we're annoying. So I want us to lose <laughs> now yeah, we like, root- better reasons. I rooted for Italy back in 2006. I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. We're going to fucking win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I've never been patriotic. Like I was raised, you know, in culture and institutions that were very patriotic, but I just, was kind of immune to that right like i just didn't get the hype like why are we so um intensely devoted to this like random nation and like um you know like i was i didn't choose to be born here like why should i unless i really you know trust in that nation or like whatever i'm really about it but i'm not like why would i like fork my life over and like be a zealot you know I think if you were under a certain age and you watched 9-11 happen on television live, that you're, you grew up to not be patriotic. I think there was a cutoff. Like, if you were, like, if you were fighting, if you were young or of fighting age when 9-11 happened, you now hate America. If you were, like, a boomer or, like, just a Gen X, like, becoming a boomer, uh, if, you know, if you were a boomer when 9-11 happened, you definitely are, like, the proud to be an American. <laughs> like, that shit. But, like, anyone who was like, oh, fuck, I'm going to have to go fight in Iraq and Afghanistan now, was like, yeah, this, this place fucking sucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, Rev left, or no, eyes left, excuse me, with Mike Prisoner had a great episode on just the incompetence of the tr- of the 
um, higher up in the military that went there and just all the, the atrocities that they committed, war crimes, and then, you know, giving off the war crimes. If it's not the military itself, it's some hired um, yeah. uh, so we're a group to do it for them. So it's not technically the state's fault. A contractor. Um, yeah, a contractor. Yeah. Yeah, Blackwater, Academia, all those bastards. Oh, yeah. It's too bad. Our flag looks kind of cool, but it's just a symbol of terrible destruction. It's like, yeah, it's like now every time I see somebody like openly like fly it, like uh, especially like on a vehicle, I I could I could I could see like maybe why you have it in like your yard or on your house, whatever. But like if it if it's if it's if it's off a property and like flying on your truck, I'm like, yeah, that person's probably a fascist. Uh, like it's gotten to that point where I'm just like, I'm gonna stay clear of these people that are flying that are flying this. It's like it's gotten to the point where uh, I get that like chill down my spine when I see a pickup truck flying it as I used to or still do when I see them fly like Confederate flags. And I was like, yep, this is not gonna end well. On their yeah, white the- lifted Dodge Ram. Roll damn tide, <laughs> brother. <laughs> when I'm driving to Clemson on I-85, I think, I always pass by somewhere out in rural East Alabama, but on the side of the interstate, there's like a sign for like better general store. It's just a few miles down the road. Fuck yeah, and brother. Woo. Just- <laughs> oh, it, no, it just always makes me like shake my head. Like people still believe in this fallacy. <laughs> Back the on the on sixty five north, uh, y'all from Birmingham. So like you remember like on sixty five, on the yeah. on the side of the road, there's that massive Confederate flag. Sons of Confederate veterans, learn your oh, history, yeah. and that massive massive Confederate flag, and it's just like, oh god. Thanks, I wish, rats. Like, I wish lightning. Rats, y'all. <laughs> I wish lightning would hit it and the thing would catch on fire. I saw this meme. It's one of my favorite memes, and it's like we fought for states' rights, and then someone else is at the bar and they say, uh, "States' right to what?" oh man oh sun is a very loud vehicle (laughs) quick tangent dude this city's got a ban like loud vehicles like i know other cities have that ban where if you're like sports car makes too much noise you get like ticketed for it but it's so so bad i i hate no like i hate uh i can only imagine in the city where like it's like fucking bouncing off buildings and whatnot but i hate fucking dudes that have straight pipe trucks i don't yeah. want to hear your your fucking like 2002 uh chevy pickup truck with straight pipes that like is leaking oil just <laughs> like shut up it's this it's like you get like two miles to the gallon now i don't want to hear your stupid truck the Toyota Tacoma to you got after you got dishonorably discharged. From All right, first off, for Charles, I'm gonna stop you right there. Okay, I'm I'm not tolerating no uh, <laughs> hate on Toyota pickup trucks. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you can shit on Ford, Chevy, GMC. Dodge all you want, brother. Oh, yeah. The, but, uh, oh, the Japanese that we, we they know better. We can't shit on the number one truck of terrorist organizations throughout the world. <laughs> <laughs> Also, I really want to. Also, I really want a fucking Toyota Tacoma. I'm not lie. <laughs> <sighs> What's the smaller one? Not, no, yeah, the Tacoma. Because we can't get the Hilux in America. I want the Tacoma. I want. I want one really bad. But they're like fifty thousand dollars. I was like, yeah. Do you think all these like, you know, Japanese manufacturer pickup checks? Like, do Japanese people in Japan have those? Is that a you thing know, there? You? I don't. I've never thought about that until right now. Shit. I doubt it. 
they may have like they probably had the high lux. They probably have the smaller one. Like they probably have the the good one that we can't get. I mean, they're but, construction workers in Japan, right? Yeah. <laughs> what would be the Japanese equivalent? Like they have the fucking imperial flag on their pickup truck. <laughs> like going down the road and be like, hell yeah, brother, for the emperor. <laughs> Wait, that's South Korea right now, dude. Check out who they just selected. It's actually like really terrifying. Oh shit, they elect like a, a oh, Japanese imperialist apology. It's basically like the Han or the El Salvador president, but like worse. Oh god. Oh no. Yeah. Is that the dude that loved Bitcoin? Who is the who's the dude in South America that like changed his nationalization? It's the, that's the guy, the El Salvador guy. <laughs> he like he basically bankrupted the country to buy Bitcoin. <laughs> oh then, yeah, that's right. <laughs> fucking tank. <laughs> yep. Oh no. That's that that's that Chicago school, that Austrian economics for you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Did you see what Henry Henry Kissinger said? Like, yeah, he's still the, alive? Yeah. God. He's like 90. Yeah. He's a... Yeah, he's, he was like unironically pro-Russia. Yeah. We shouldn't get involved in the affairs. It's like, what did you say, Henry? Just like <laughs> mumbling inaudible war crimes. Like a... <laughs> I don't think on TikTok where I had a back and forth between Nixon and Kissinger talking about bombing Cambodia. <laughs> Dude, I saw a stat recently that Vietnam has like more pounds of bombs dropped on it than any country in the world. Yeah. We, uh, and Cambodia is like second. Yeah. It's like apparently we dropped more bombs on Vietnam than the allies did on Germany the entire war. Oh, that is awesome. like I think maybe Europe. I think we dropped in Europe the entire war. More bombs were dropped on Vietnam than in Europe through the entire war. Wow. And we fucking lost. All the <laughs> And that was after they took out the French. Like we tag teamed South <laughs> or North Vietnam and we got smoked. We got smoked. Like they three times they beat France. Oh, the four. They beat Japan. They beat France. They beat us and they beat China. This is like no one can conquer Vietnam undefeated. Sort of bringing a League of Legends reference, Nelson, but Drew, it's like when you're fed top lane and their whole team rotates on you one at a time and you kill (laughs) Fed Mordekaiser. That's a great comparison. I have no idea what you're talking about. That sounded fucking hilarious. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, let's great. bring it back to elections. I oh, guess. yeah. Y'all are y'all are fancy and have a, an agenda and the thing. We just we just yeah, Drew's the agenda guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we he, just he wing it. Going. <laughs> but y'all have an agenda. This is fancy. Y'all are professionals. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I guess more specifically, like the elections in Alabama right now, um, Elson, I don't know how much you know about some of the candidates, but so we got a we got Governor Meemaw running for a second, yeah. two and a half terms because Governor Meemaw took over when Montgomery Burns got had to resign because of a sex scandal, uh, and then we got Governor then Governor Meemaw was the lieutenant governor and she became governor and then she won uh, the election that would have been uh, Montgomery Burns, aka Robert Bentley's second term. And now, now she's running. It just seems like she's been there forever, but it's because she came in halfway through, won an election, served a full term, and is now is running for her second full term, and then she can't run again. So, uh, yeah, Governor Meemaw, uh, functioning alcoholic, 
uh, allegedly closeted lesbian is uh, is going to definitely win uh, the primary and then go on to win the governorship because uh, she has the backing of what we call the quote unquote big mules in Alabama politics. So like uh, it always it was the planter class, the bourbon Democrats back in the day, and then it morphed into the big businesses. And now with the big mules now are uh, Alabama Power and Alabama. Oh yeah, Bama so, Power. Yeah, big so, dog. Yeah, so they they. They're the big mules. So in the Republican Party, you have the the ones that are controlled by the big mules, like Meemaw, and then you have like the grassroots crazies, like uh, Roy Moore and Mo Brooks. Um, they're they're more grassroots uh, crazies, but uh, big, <laughs> Roy Moore. Yeah, so the big mules have backed Meemaw, so she's gonna win. And I talk about Joe Biden, bless his heart. We don't we don't, we ain't teaching CRT to your kids, and <laughs> abortion's bad, and, and roll tide. And we hate trans kids. Yeah, we hate them. And I, I all five some, trans athletes I, in the state, we hate them. <laughs> we hate them. Give me, give me some more gin, and 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 let my girlfriend uh, walk through the back door of the governor's mansion. But uh, <laughs> I love Jesus. And I, and I and 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 oh, I had another stroke. I got to go off the Colorado <laughs> for treatment. <laughs> Yeah, she's a the like she's a it was funny when when she became when she was lieutenant governor, like no one really knows lieutenant, like who the lieutenant governor is, but like she uh having worked in the service industry, the the restaurants being in the capital city, the restaurants that these politicians frequent, like service industry people all talk. So like uh Meemaw would be holding up the wall at a at a, a local restaurant in town, just like just sloshed on fucking gin and tonics, just done. Wow. And uh yeah, then it's like a big open secret that uh that she's a lesbian, and uh, one of the reasons uh, she didn't want to go to the governor's mansion is because she had her her, her girlfriend was staying at uh, her house that she had in Cloverdale. So uh, yeah, uh, uh, Meemaw K Ivy, I'll hand it to her; she's not stupid. Uh, people think that like she's dumb; she's not. She knows exactly what she's doing. You know, as a woman. You don't get this far in Alabama politics in the good old boys club without knowing what you're doing. And she is a very cunning, uh, manipulative politician who has worked her way up to the, the highest level of state government. And uh, she plays off like being this, you know, you know, dumb uh, Meemaw type character. But, you know, behind the scenes, uh, when she probably has like a few minutes of sobriety, she knows what she's doing and she's able to. To, to consolidate power like she is a very powerful governor and she can basically do what she wants and uh she has the blessing of the uh the legislature which is gerrymandered republican supermajority i think i can get into later but uh but yeah so she's gonna <clears throat> she's gonna win and she's gonna serve out another term and then it'll be interesting to see who the republicans put up next time when uh Meemaw can't run again yeah, I know like Wendy Blanchard, she was supposed to run for Senate, but they like forced her out the GOP elites and made her run for governor instead. So like <laughs> she's going to be in that race this time, maybe next time she doesn't win. So, yeah, I could see them doing that to like they, uh, also like the the people who control the Republican Party, like I said, the big mules in this that control that wing of the Republican Party, uh, probably get people to run knowing that they're going to lose just to split the vote. Like it was, it was like four or five people running. Republican ticket, I didn't, I didn't see, but uh, they yeah, want to. Yeah, they want to have them all fight. So Meemaw went. So it's it's Meemaw, uh, Tim James, who is a bumbling idiot. He is the, one of the dumbest people I've ever heard talk in my entire life. 
Uh, I guess that lady that you mentioned, and I guess there's somebody else. But, yeah, none of them have a chance in hell uh, compared to Meemaw. Um, yeah, Tim James, Lou Burdett, Dean Cole, or Dean Odell, sorry, Dave Thomas, the, the um, <laughs> Wendy's dude, Stacey and George, Donald oh Trent God. Jones, Jesus. and Dean Young. I don't even. I the only person I know from that list is Mimo and Tim James, which like I I want to emphasize that Tim James is one of the dumbest people I've ever like <laughs> encountered in my entire life. Funny story when he ran for governor, uh, before his father was his father was uh governor and he's a popular governor. Um, one of the first Republican governors post uh Reconstruction, like in the back after like after in between while like that weird period in like the late eighties, early nineties, when it like kind of went back and forth and the Democrats were losing power. Uh, Folsom's father was governor and people liked him, but like the apple fell far, far from the tree with Tim because Tim is an idiot. And funny <laughs> enough, like I said, when he was running the first time I was actually getting a suit, I think for a funeral in town and uh, Tim James was there and I was changing and I had clothes on, but he didn't knock on the dressing room door and actually open the door and like, we made eye contact and he was like, Oh, I'm sorry. I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I was like, why didn't you knock on my dressing room door? You fucking weirdo. <laughs> then I made fun of it in some ad that he, had. he uh, he's like, Oh, is that ad? He did. He had an ad, right. Talking about, he only wanted to give the driver's license test in Alabama in English. He was like, we offer the driver's license test in 23 different languages. I forgot oh, yeah. how many languages. Like, you know, this is Alabama. We speak English. I'm gonna change. He like he had this dramatic pause where he looked down, and he's like, he was like, in Alabama, we speak English. And the driver's license test will only be in English. I'm elected governor. The dramatic pause looks down. He's like, that just makes sense. And I was like, knocking on the fucking uh, dressing room door makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to like it when he looks to the Constitution, the nation's, you know, founding. And, oh, look, uh, it says we don't designate a national language. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like, we'll lose federal funding if we don't offer the driver's license test in other languages. This is like. Exactly. Also, you have like uh, German and, and Korean auto plants here that like they're like uh, execs don't speak English. Like they need the driver's license test in other languages. Like you're a fucking big, idiot. It's big business. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah. They, we'll they make can. an exception for them. So <laughs> I, I don't want to go off on another tangent, but real quick, real quick, just goes to the stupidity of like Republicans. So in 2010, when the uh, Republicans took back power and they, they passed this horribly unconstitutional uh, anti-immigration law that like uprooted communities overnight and people fled the state. One of the people that got swept up in it was actually a German exec from like BMW because oh Mercedes I can't remember what's y'all from like yeah we have Mer yeah we have Mercedes Merce okay. here in Vance it's, you know I have it. a bunch so, of friends whose parents work there so one of the one of the execs from Germany uh, was visiting Mercedes right from Germany doesn't speak English uh, had like left his passport or whatever in the hotel room and got like pulled over and he couldn't prove that he was here legally and got fucking arrested. And it That's caused crazy. like this huge thing because he couldn't prove that he was here legally. Like this exec from fucking Mercedes who could shut the fucking plant down if he wanted to. Uh, yeah, it was it's ridiculous. That's how like stupid uh, Republicans are, especially Southern Republicans are just the dumbest fucking people on the planet. And they, when they found him, they figured out they're like, 
oh, whoops. You, yeah, you're too whoop, important whoop, for this. Whoopsie daisy. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Klaus. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, Mr. Panzerfaust. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you know that Hitler fella? <laughs> <laughs> Um, my, gra- my grandpappy said he was bad, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the next race in Alabama um, is the Senate race. Um, I've seen lots of ads for, you know, some for Mo Brooks and then a ton for Katie Britt and just signs everywhere. And I've seen her like ad on YouTube a couple times. She's like, you know, spousing all the far right, like GP rhetoric, like supporting Trump and like they stole the election and like, we she, want our guns back and all that stuff. So she's really a liberal is what I like. I have family that are like, are, are like insane Trump supporters. And they're like, uh, but Katie Britt's a liberal. She was oh, a lobbyist and blah, 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 blah. I'm gonna vote for Mo Brooks because woo. And I'm just like, Oh my God. Whoa. <laughs> MAGA Mo. He changed his signs. Cause he got Trump's endorsement, uh, again, like Trump, uh, oh wait! I thought he no, was wait, no, no, no. Yeah, Trump. He did resend the endorsement. No, that was it. He rescinded the endorsement. So then Mo Brooks changed his signs and added MAGA to the beginning. So it says MAGA Mo Brooks. So people forget that Trump. Oh my his endorsement. And then just like today, I think yesterday, um, what's his face? Fucking Ted Cruz and someone else. Uh, not a not an Alabama senator, but it was Ted Cruz and someone else were stumping for. Uh, for MAGA Mo Brooks in Huntsville, where Mo Brooks is a representative, but uh, Mo Brooks is a, is also a fucking uh, idiot and a, a fascist. Oh, yeah. He's legitimately a fascist. He openly admitted. I saw this video, I think, on Twitter that like, yeah, I'm being funded by like these lobbyists and corporate bribes and blah blah blah, and it's just completely permeated like all of um, you know nation's politics. Yeah, he he's a, he is a disgusting person. He's like the extreme of the Republican Party that got into power because of how gerrymandered uh, his district is in Huntsville. Yeah. And like, it, it astounds me how much all these candidates, not just in Alabama, but across the nation are sucking up just to this one, this one guy, Donald Trump. I don't think I've ever seen dedication to one, one politician other than maybe Nazi Trump. <laughs> yeah, it's, just, it's fucking wild. There were but, some uh, crazy French people supporting Charles de Gaulle for a very long time. He was, oh uh, yeah. He was a yeah. bad dude also. And, and uh, Marine Le Pen more recently, too. Uh, Le Pen yeah, is we... different because it's like a very vocal minority. The, the problem, basically, what Macron did is that, or Macron, Macron. forget my pronunciation, uh-huh. Macron, he consolidated the entire like center right and like center parties and like a lot, some of the other right wing parties into this like one party called On Marche, which is like, to, it was this like enlightened centrist, like it's like sort of like Andrew Yang's thing, like, <laughs> but they completely wiped all the elections and that's how I got in the power. But they're they're so cringe, dude. Uh, yeah, because like people make a big deal about Marine Le Pen, but she she there's literally no possible way for her to win because the far right coalition in france is just not powerful enough yeah and like they're they're the way they do the elections are pretty weird too is that that second round it's like the first and then like a few weeks later they have that second round and like as i was looking at it and because like uh the top two someone else talked about this on tiktok is like the top two and then uh because all the other people like they're out of the race it's divided up and most people i think i was looking at the polls 
and stuff written about it was like mo- more people voted for Macron just to defeat Marie Le Pen than actually did because they liked Macron. I was like, yeah, I know that. I know that feeling. Yeah, uh, that, <laughs> that, that was, was a lot of Macron. people in uh, 2020. Yeah. I think, that let, it, I think that let's go Brandon thing's fucking hilarious. I'm not going to lie. Like, <laughs> I don't even know where that came from. It's just so it's cringe. So like uh, there's a Nat. So it all started with NASCAR. So yeah. <laughs> was a, was, of course, there's a NASCAR race. <laughs> There's a NASCAR race. I forget what track. And this racer, um, name his name's Brandon. I forgot his last name, but he won the race. And he's given a post-race live interview, and the crowd just starts yelling out "fuck Joe Biden" in this massive chant. Uh, and the reporter who's doing it's like, I think they're saying, "Let's go, Brandon," because Brandon won this race. So they're saying, "Let's go, Brandon." So like, the right picked it up as like "fuck Joe Biden," but like, it's really, it's really amazing. For them because they literally had to, had to put they had to put together a few pieces to come to that it's like the pinnacle of right-wing humor like it's almost it's almost perfect but they're just they're, they're just it's crazy because they're so fucking stupid that they were able to come up with something that was like kind of clever but still like it's just just say fuck joe biden yeah but exactly the, the let's go brandon thing to me is just hilarious because like conservatives are able to come up with it yeah, but like it's also just, it's like right on the edge of like they just had to think hard enough to do it. Conservatives are like all homophobic and like fuck Joe Biden. Like choose one, buddy. You gotta be more careful with your words there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally stealing that and saying it on podcast. <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. You want to bring yeah. it back? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even know what we're supposed to be doing now. Well, I guess um like last week, I think I watched all these ads, right? For Mike Durant, Katie Britt, Mo Brooks, Marjorie Taylor Green, Herschel Walker, Dr. Oz. Um, and I kind of come up with this little document called Every Republican Ad Ever. Um, and I kind of compiled all their talking points, right? And they're all essentially the same, like surprise, surprise. Um, especially in the South, there's a lot of heavy appeal to Christianity. So like, I love God and I'm going to protect your prayers in schools and, you know, all that stuff. Um, and there's this, you know, the Constitution says like, OK, we're supposed to have a separation of church and state. But like a lot of these people just act as if that doesn't exist. And there's all this meddling of uh, church and state and state and church and and all that. Um, I don't know if you guys had any more to say about that. Oh, it's just it sounds about right. It's like we're gonna bring good Christian values back into politics. Like you just want a fascist theocratic like autocracy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and then like um excessive praise in the military and performatively patriotic. That kind of stuff. And then unbashedly pro big business. Um, because that's who pays them, of course, right? And then promoting tradition, go back to the old days, right? And old American institutions, such as like the, um, you know, um, electoral college, of course, sucking off Donald Trump, right? Um, and some like, and sometimes they'll throw in just like some super racist, like against affirmative action, like in their ad. I've seen that before too. Oh, yeah. Um, These. 
I'm looking at a tweet right now, and someone had <laughs> screenshots of all these quote-unquote pro-life uh, Alabama Senate and gubernatorial, uh, gu- gubernatorial hopefuls, and they all are shooting guns. And the one of Kay Ivey is the funniest fucking thing. She's, <laughs> she's like, has it. It doesn't. It looks like she doesn't know what the fuck she's doing. It looks like some little like compact 380, like pew pew pew. <laughs> she's wearing like a like something you'd wear to church on Sunday. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> That's says no, for life, but they keep dying of COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I guess some more stuff here, um, like stop illegal immigration, build that wall, even though it's going to cost a lot of money. That's big government, guys. But let's do it anyway. Um, and then heavy appeals to populism. That's usually the mode in which they deliver their views. Like um, tough on crime. Yeah, yeah. Big police. Uh, the police and military apparently are not part of the big government, but they get absurd amounts of spending. Like the, you know, the government just passed a new bill, like giving record number of, of spending um, to the military, which we definitely don't need. <laughs> and then um, fascist talking points. Um, Katie Brenton, her ad said, quote, I don't recognize our country, unquote. And that is used then in of itself isn't necessarily dangerous but you know all these millions of people what they'll do you know because you know they're like oh i don't recognize my country either and you know start going after minorities and um you know toppling democracy um is really really concerning (laughs) and then obviously the second amendment right like gotta have your guns and uh don't let the libs ban your guns right and then the integrity of elections we definitely already talked about that right um, and then here's a quote that I found really interesting. So I'll fight the radical socialist agenda that has taken over Washington. I don't, I didn't. What put- radical socialist agenda? <laughs> I, I, I wish. Uh, dude, do you know something I don't? like? <laughs> <laughs> and then another one was personal responsibility slash the American dream like still exists. Um, that's another big one like holding individuals responsible instead of systemic institutions and problems that put people in these horrible positions. Um, Like I was talking about earlier, right? The example of the working class person who has to make the choice between um, voting or, you know, providing for their family. Um, And America first, of course, is another big talking point. And then finally, I just kind of harped on like the logical fallacies that, you know, these ads are composed of, which is like straw man after straw man and like ad hominems, whether it's attacking another a GOP candidate and calling them too soft on insert issue important to them, or obviously going after Democrats and um, all that goes into that instead of talking about like actual policies that they want to do. But yeah, that was kind of my, uh, my analysis there and did, did a little bit of research for it. And that was beautiful. Uh, Thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. Yeah, that was beautiful. That was great. It was spot on. It's, it's literally every single fucking ad. <laughs> they all look the same. They really do. They follow the, they're, they're, yeah, they're the same cookie cutter formula. It's like pro life, pew pew gun, socialism is bad, Biden's a communist, and let's go, Brandon. It, it's just like <laughs> Trump. 
take back the election. Take back the. I would love to like run a fake ad that just like is literally like just those talking points and just just be like pro life and then like pew 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 binds binds a socialist <laughs> Trump. I, and- <laughs> I think the Marjorie Taylor Greene was the most extreme, probably out of all of them. She made an ad not too long ago where she's sitting in the back of the bed of a pickup truck. She's got like this massive. Oh my gun, god! Yes. And as Nancy uh, Pelosi is the target, like her head on something, like, oh she shoots god. it, and she like blows up this car that says like socialism or something. Yeah, she, <laughs> she had the fucking uh, the fifty caliber sniper rifle, and it's just yeah. like, oh my god! I actually, uh, no, no lie, she had a raffle to raffle off that thing. I didn't pay. There was a free option, but you only got entered one time. Uh, I, I I entered one time to enter to get that sniper rifle. <laughs> I thought it'd be fucking but like the pet. The fact that she's in the bed of that truck, like the her, the look on her face after she fires it because it's so loud and there's so much recoil that like I don't think she was expecting it. She's like, oh yeah, my she had god, not shot the thing before. Dude. She thought it was a BB gun or something. <laughs> But hey, Hot Wheels lost. And that's all that matters is that Hot Wheels Madison Carthorn lost his primary. I I'm saw so that. I'm glad. I am so fucking glad he lost it because he spoke out against <laughs> what the GOP does behind closed doors <laughs> and they literally destroyed him. <laughs> that was so funny. Like his insane conspiracy theories finally turned to the GOP <laughs> and they, they were not having that. <laughs> it was like, like those like MAGA Trump people that like, came in in that 2016 wave are like really fucking stupid. And they don't, they either, they either learn to understand politics and like know like what to say and what not to say. Or they're like Madison and Carthorn and others that are just fucking stupid and don't realize that like, Hey, uh, there's some stuff you can't say out loud. And we all knew it was true when uh what's his face? Who's the who's the who's the minority leader in the house? Kevin McCarthy? No, uh, uh Kevin uh, McCarthy. Mitch McConnell? No, no, I'm talking about the minority leader in the, in the house. It's Kevin it's Kevin McCarthy. I just remembered his oh, name. Okay. But uh he put, he had to have a private meeting with Cawthorn because and that's because he was telling everyone that Republicans have orgies and cocaine at their parties. It's like, dude, oh my god, it's true. He's like, he's like, take that energy and put it on the Dems. <laughs> and then like, but like, you know, like right after that happened, like everything started, those pictures of him came out when he was like in drag, that video of him uh, acting. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't watch it. it just looked like it was just being stupid. And then him getting, uh, it came out that he was, he had driven uh, with a suspended license and got in trouble. All that stuff, the GOP actively swept under the rug. They were like, uh, this file on my computer I have saved. Let's uh, release some of this so Madison Cawthorn loses because he disgraced us. Like, oh yeah, he's in. Uh, Cawthorn is the dumbest person probably in Congress. And, and this I'm is so glad new, he lost. He went to this college in Purcellville, Virginia, small like very small college. Like everyone knows each other, right? And he would take these women on these like joy rides or whatever. And he would have these very uncomfortable conversations, like definitely go beyond boundaries, no consent, and would like touch them, make them feel very bad. Even the RAs on campus, I'm an RA, they said like, stay away from him. He's dangerous. Um, Please stay away from him. And all these hundreds of students signed this petition, like, you know, affirming that like he did all these terrible things and like was a sexual predator and so forth. Um, So this isn't anything new. (laughs) Yeah. What a fucking loser. 
And when the, and when the GOP people like that go after like, you know, the Dems are like, they're doing a, um, a child sex ring in a pizza shop. And like, they're, um, indoctrinating these kids. It's like, uh, I think you're projecting. Look at your party. Look at Matt Gates. Look yeah. at Madison Cawthorn. Well, they're just taking notes on themselves. And it's like, <laughs> all right. <laughs> We're going to say that they're the ones doing it instead of us. <laughs> oh, man. But like all this culture war talk, right? It usually doesn't affect very many people. Like, okay, like there aren't that many um, transgender people in this country. Like there aren't that most of us like are trans. So it doesn't affect that many people. Now that absolutely affects transgender people um, and their rights, which is horrible. But like we should be, we should move the discussion to talk about um, actual material issues that impact us. Like, again, like, um, you know, infrastructure and um, immigration and our horrible, horrible healthcare system that we have Um, something that will be much more impactful uh, but that's not where the politicians make their money. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna they always talk about the 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 social wedge issues like conservatives. It's uh if when it was it was integration back in the day, and now it's then it was uh it's still abortion, uh, and then it's it's uh, still. It's th- still- it's still integration yeah. for that matter. <laughs> yeah. And then it was, uh, and then it was what a uh, gay marriage. Now it's trans rights. Like they just recycle because conservatives, they don't have any like re- and liberals don't either. Like, don't get me wrong. Like the democratic mm-hmm. party is garbage, but like, uh, like conservatives don't have any like real agenda. They don't have anything that can actually help the majority of people in this country. The only thing they could run on is fear and exactly. they, and, and, and a rigged system. Like I have the, we're going to like touch on gerrymandering. I don't know when in the, in the, the thing you have it, but like, like Alabama, I crunched the numbers like Alabama legitimately, uh, the Republicans here have gerrymandered themselves in a super majority. And so like the Republicans know that the system is fucked and they don't care. Uh, and they use it to their advantage and they just hype on whatever the next like social cleavage issue is, whether it's immigration or race relations or transgender rights or gay marriage or abortion, because they don't have anything in their agenda that can actually help people just hurt people. They don't like the only people they can help are rich people and rich people are the smallest minority in the country, but they're the most protected, the most protected minority. The state will protect them. The military and the police will unabashedly, um, protect them at the expense of you know protecting us. Exactly. And, and Democrats, they don't care about anything either. Like, same oh, yeah, they, different toilet. Yeah, they just they have their own like they'll they have their own social issues. They they are their own like hot button issues that they push. Well, they'll uh, just push back against whatever yeah. the Republicans do, but like terribly. <laughs> yeah, like for instance, like they they they're the boogeyman of like gun control. They're like been or codifying Roe. Like they've literally been saying they're gonna pass. There's another mass shooting today. Like they're literally saying yeah, they're gonna, uh, yeah, they're gonna do something about it. like I'm okay. Well, you had the presidency in Congress. Like I get the filibuster's a problem, but like you know you can get if LBJ can get around like you know Southern Democrats to pass Civil Rights and Voting Rights Act. Yeah, there's something you can do, but you don't do anything. And how many times did they say they were going to codify Roe when they had a supermajority under Obama and even had a majority under other presidents that they could have done stuff? And they don't do it. They don't do the do nothing Democrats. They don't do anything. That's what um, I call do nothing Democrats. Yeah, they don't. It's just like the Republicans fall in line and Democrats fall out of favor. Like 
it's 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 ridiculous like nothing it doesn't change and the system is broke well i don't say this the system's not broken it was designed this way yeah exactly. like uh it's 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 bullshit the whole thing's bullshit and it's 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 very frustrating and the fact that uh one of the things that pisses me off the most i have mentioned it on our podcast is when like blue state yankee liberals are like when the south does something stupid like when alabama passed the horrible anti-trans bill into law uh they're like you need to write your your legislature and why don't people vote and blah 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 i was like I know people who lobby on behalf of these issues and they have had state legislatures say to their face, we do not read your letters. We throw them in the trash. We do not care. And the, the it, it does not matter. Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and break down these numbers real quick for gerrymandering. Right? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. So, okay. So based off the 2018 uh, state legislature election, right? So I crunched the numbers um, for the Alabama State House and Alabama State Senate. So um, this is based off what you can find. You can go to Wikipedia and type in 2018 uh, Alabama State House elections, right? It gives you the Senate and the, the gives you percentages or whatnot. So I basically looked, I was like, all right, if it was strictly proportional and there was no districts, like what would it be? And if it was strictly proportional in the state house, there's 105 seats in the state house. Democrats would have 39 and Republicans would have 66. It gives 105. So, okay, fine. The Republicans still have a majority. Uh, because there's gerrymandered districts, Democrats only have 28 and Republicans have 77. I, I That's common core math right there. I don't know how the hell that happened. Like they, they literally, they somehow made a, took a percentage and somehow made it more. They carved it up so much that they somehow got more seats. It doesn't make any sense. They've they've invented numbers out of nowhere. But the the problem comes in with the Senate, the Senate, in that uh, if it was strictly proportional, because they have the Republicans have a filibuster proof majority in the Senate, and they could basically pass whatever they want. Um, and I've listened to them debate. And it's literally would they let the Democrats talk for a little bit and they're like, all right, we're going to vote to close. Okay. Bye. Um, if it was strictly, if it was strictly proportional out of 35 seats, the Democrats would have 12 the Republicans would have 22. And there's one independent that caucuses with Republicans. She was a Republican, but she got caught up in some tax scandal and she got kicked out, but she ran as an independent and won and still caucuses with the Republicans. And sometimes Sometimes like votes for the Democrats on some stuff, but always like n- like not always, but like ninety percent of the time, caucuses with Republicans. Um, so it'd be twelve, like I said, twelve Democrats, twelve Democrats, twenty-two Republicans plus one uh, independent would give us thirty-five, right? Because of gerrymandering, because of gerrymandering, the Democrats have eight senators, wow. the Republicans have twenty-six plus the one independent, right? In order to get the filibuster proof, they need 26. They have 27 with that independent. They've literally gerrymandered themselves into a supermajority, and it's not going to break anytime soon. Like it's 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 crazy. So when people are like, "You got to go vote. You got to go write your state representative," it's not going to work. Like it it will not work. It is Democrats will get roughly 36 to 37 percent of the vote nationwide. I mean, not nationwide, statewide. They'll get about 36, 37% of the vote statewide. And and it just, it, it, because it, one, the Alabama Democratic Party sucks. It sucked for so long uh, under Nancy Worley and Joe Reed. But, you know, critical support for COVID took out Nancy Worley 
And then after she got replaced, the, the DNC literally had to come down and like force her out. They're like, you're corrupt. You're breaking the rules. We're kicking you out. And then COVID did its thing. But uh, after she got kicked out and replaced by Chris England, who's a state rep, she literally showed up to a, a meeting and threatened people with a gun. <laughs> Oh my god! She threatened people with a gun and pretended she was still the leader of the Alabama Democratic Party. <laughs> and like, you have to leave. And uh, they, they, the Democratic Party is, is still kind of fractured into some coalitions. One of them being the ADC, which is under Joe Reed, but luckily he's old and 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 not long for this world to for much longer. So maybe when he passes, it would all consolidate. But Chris England is a very talented uh, black representative in Alabama is trying to build the party back, but it's, it's, it's been shit for so long and the Republicans like just have so much power and money. They can do whatever they want. Oh yeah. Like all the ads I've ever seen on TV or online or the science of the road, they're all Republican because that's where the money goes. That's where big business puts their, put their views. And I, I had not heard of any of the democratic candidates on the ballot uh, in the primary this year. I had not heard of the only one I knew was just someone that I know personally, and the guy's like ancient and has no chance. He's just running for fun. Um, yeah, I I I can't believe how much research I had to do to learn anything or nothing in some cases about these Democratic candidates because it's very very difficult to find. Often you have to really go out of your way to find any information about. I mean, even the platform they're running on. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous, and it's. It's it's just horrible, and yeah, it's gonna, gotta, and you can't you can't fix it. Like it's it would take it would take stuff that is is basically impossible at this point to to get it to to fix it. And uh, no one people are leaving the state. No one's coming here to live. No one wants to live here. So there's a brain drain. There's a youth drain, and that's the people who vote uh, more Democrat. But they're leaving the state, and the people who are here are conservatives or either they're poor and Republican or they're rich Republican. They're all white and they're voting for Republicans. And so yep. like, and, and it's, it's not going to change. So when everyone, if people are like, well, write your representative, write your legislature, go out and vote, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. They don't care. They literally, it's, we are living in a, in a one party state. We were on a one party state when my uh, grandparents and parents lived here. Uh, and we're on a one party state. Now the parties have just changed names. Do you see it changing in the next couple of decades? No. Mississippi will change before us. Oh, no. Yeah, Mississippi, Mississippi will change before us because they have a higher black population. And uh, their, their Democrats get about uh, in the, the low to mid 40s statewide elections. But also the Memphis is growing at such a large rate that the suburbs of Memphis are spilling over into northern Mississippi and the suburbs are becoming more liberal. Um, as like more middle-class people vote for Democrats. So uh, Mississippi is going to have an influx of Democratic voters as Memphis grows, uh, which is funny because Memphis obviously is in Tennessee, but because it's on the border and the it's cheaper to live in the suburbs and commute into the city than live into the city, as those suburbs get bigger and extend out farther and farther, think of like how Atlanta is. It's like the city yeah. and then like a suburbs that take up entire fucking counties. Yeah. Um, that's how Memphis is becoming. So I see Mississippi flipping in and in and and I don't know, maybe a decade or not a little less. Uh, and Alabama will just rot 
unless something been, dramatically changes. Yeah, I haven't thought about that with like yeah, Nick North Saban North. will be retired at that point. What a dark age. Nick Saban <laughs> would probably be our only hope. If Nick Saban ran as a Democrat, he might win. He would, know, he'd have to be an independent. He would definitely have to be independent. He might, might could win. I think if I maybe it's possible, but he'd be like a Joe Manchin Democrat. So like, it would be like, Oh yeah. Oh, and no. everyone's like, well, what about Doug Jones? What about Doug Jones? Doug Jones won because the Republicans literally ran a pedophile. Yeah. Like a dude had been removed twice and was like the worst fucking candidate that you could imagine. And Doug Jones barely won less oh, yeah. than like it, a percentage point. That's true. And I would say that Republicans kind of entered that election. They ran it down <laughs> mid. <laughs> yeah. And also, <laughs> and, all, and also there was a huge number of write-in. Uh, uh, there was a huge turnout yeah, on the Democratic like side. Yeah. And there was a massive uh, amount. Yeah. A massive amount of people who just, who couldn't bring themselves to vote for a Democrat, but needed to vote. So they wrote in like Nick Saban and other shit. Like it was a combination of like black voter turnout, and Republicans staying home and writing in like Nick Saban for for senator that gave Doug Jones just enough steam to get over the finish line. And then he loses to an absolute fucking moron, Tommy Tuberville, the next go around who didn't do anything, didn't debate, uh, didn't really campaign. He just like threw out a bunch of ads and ran on his name alone. He lives in Florida now. It doesn't matter. So like, uh, yeah, so. Yeah, Tommy had such a brain dead take on the Russia crisis. He said, uh, they're running out of food because they're communists. They can't grow their weight. Tommy Tuberville didn't know the three branches of government. Someone asked him the three branches of government. He oh, said yeah, the, the executive branch, the Senate, and the House. <laughs> I really hope that. I really hope they put like Herschel Walker. Unfortunately, is probably going to win. Yeah, and is probably going to unfortunately beat uh, Raphael Warnock. Uh, but I really hope they put Herschel Walker's office next to Tommy Tuberville and they fight each other because it's Georgia <laughs> and Auburn just fighting I, each other. Lots of CTE in the building. Yeah, and Herschel gets drunk and has like a, a brain dead CTE moment, just punches Tommy Tuberville in the face <laughs> and kills him. And then Herschel has to go to federal prison and Tuberville's dead. So we get to have new elections. Hey. Oh, he can, Herschel, he can hang out with Henry Ruggs. <laughs> I love it when every time a football player gets arrested for doing some horrible, horrible thing like punching a woman or killing someone drunk driving 158 miles an hour just like all the longest yard memes and prison league memes on twitter <laughs> god <laughs> <sighs> and that also goes to show you how horrible like like it's gonna be that Raphael warnock who's actually a legitimately good person and a good senator uh is going to lose most likely in my in, in my opinion uh to Herschel Walker only because Herschel Walker is a Republican. Like Herschel Walker, Herschel Walker in any other any other place would never have a chance to fucking be a US senator. But because he played football at Georgia and he's Herschel Walker on account of them dogs as hell, uh he he could win. Like he shouldn't it shouldn't be it, 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 the whole idea of Herschel Walker being a senator, like that whole sentence should not exist in in the English language. Yeah. It's pretty unfortunate. Not very democratic. <sighs> Go dogs. Yeah, Go dogs. I feel like for me, like it's very much like a lesser of two evils. Um, there's so, this whole debate, right? Like, should you vote for third party candidates because they, you know, they tend to not get ground, and you're throwing away your democratic vote. Um, but yeah, there's a lot to say there. 
I think when, I think I think blaming third parties is a is a is a is a cop out. And yeah, I, I, point, I point I point people to the 2000 presidential election in Florida because everyone's like, oh, my God, Ralph Nader st- stole the election from from Gore. And Ralph, if Ralph Nader hadn't won, Gore would have won. No, he wouldn't have. More registered Democrats in everyone, everyone who listens to this podcast, listen to me right now. Listen to me right now, especially if you live in a blue state, you Yankee fucks. If you if you look at the statistics in the Florida 2000 election, more registered Democrats voted for George W. Bush yep. than fucking Al Gore. Democrats cost Al Gore the presidency, not Ralph Nader. It is it is an astronomical massive difference in the it's like it, it's it's like a, a, a six it's like six digits compared to like like five right it's like hundreds of thousands more registered democrats voted for george w bush than voted for al gore so it's not third party it was democrats in florida and also uh, the Republicans stealing that election and that hanging Chad bullshit. And they probably threw some ballots and swamp in the Supreme Court chose the president that cost Al Gore that presidency and gave us arguably the worst president in modern U.S. history. <laughs> I'm going to side up my daddy. <laughs> I know it's uh, just me, you know, wishing for something. Right. But um, Ralph Nader would have made a pretty great president. Everyone would have had the best seatbelts ever. Cause that was just, so he like made his bones and like everyone you need shoulder straps you everyone bit seat belts and four pentos explode and we got to make cars safer cars they wouldn't be a tesla if if ralph nader oh, was oh goodness all the exploding teslas <laughs> as a hater of cars uh, i thought i thought ralph was a cool guy we would have actually had high speed rail if Ralph Nader won the election. Oh my gosh. Oh, that would be so nice. I took the high speed rail like two times in Spain when I was there with my family. And I was like, why isn't this everywhere? Like literally why? everywhere. Why are we doing this? Why do I have to sit on an Amtrak for nine hours to go from Washington, D.C. to Boston? <laughs> We're sitting in traffic for Atlanta for three hours in your car. So. <laughs> One of my friends who I'm doing a research project with here in Chicago, she lives in the suburb. She's like 10 miles away from the city. And when she has to drive in for class on Wednesday nights, it takes her over an hour to get here. I had a, I had somebody last semester who literally would drive from Atlanta for class. I was like, what the fuck? Why are you driving from Atlanta to Montgomery for class? Wow. <laughs> like crazy. I met her at the lakefront so we could like survey people for a thing. And she's like, yeah, it took me 55 minutes to get here. I was like, man, if you started in Birmingham and went 55 minutes in any direction, like all the places you could end up, you'd be in Tuscaloosa. You'd be in some yeah, other speeding. You'd be halfway to Atlanta. You'd like, be hate. You'd be hate crime in Coleman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you talked about Coleman on your podcast before? It's like an unspoken thing. I think we probably mentioned it as a joke about Coleman out <laughs> the the town of Coleman, Alabama is like a horrible sundown town. But oh, uh, but yeah, I think we've we've probably mentioned it on the pod a number. But for those who don't know, Coleman, Alabama is 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 probably it was if not still is a sundown town. Like it's it like there's Coleman County, which should not be confused with the city of Coleman. It's that's in Coleman County, but Coleman is the white town. 
and Co- and Colony, Alabama, which is in Coleman County, is the black town. Colony, Alabama, good. Coleman, Alabama, bad. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to go more into the history because I've heard that before, but I don't really know the context behind it, like other than a sundown town. It's just a, it's just a, a sundown. Like it's, I don't know what kicked it off. I don't know if there was a thing like in, in Forsyth County, there was an actual event. Like, I, I think Coleman, it just happened. I don't, I don't know if there was a specific event that happened that made it a sundown town. But uh, yeah, Coleman, the city of Coleman, town of Coleman, whatever you want to call it, uh, is notorious. It was notorious for being a sundown town. Um, and then all the white people lived there and all the black people lived in Colony, Alabama. Um, yeah, I went there once or twice for like my brother's baseball game or something. Yeah. And man, I was a little kid, so I didn't really care. But like, it was so white. <laughs> yeah, it's <oof. sighs> when like Zoomers on TikTok started finding out what like sundown towns are. There was a lot of misinformation and we had, I had to be like, all right, well, OK, Coleman, the town is a sundown town, not the county. There's actually yeah. like a, a thriving black population in Colony, Alabama. That's not a sundown town. That's safe. But like, yeah, Zoomers on TikTok found out what sundown towns were and just fucking ran with it. And it was just like, you know, some of these towns that you're talking about now are like majority black, like really, really need to update like what you consider a sundown town. Uh, it's it's just, it's crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It's like uh, like Forsyth County, Georgia is the is a big one. And uh, I, I don't know the demographics now, but it's changing. But yeah, Forsyth County is another, the entire county is another one that like, it's still, I, I think, I think it's getting better. Obviously it's not as bad as it was in like the eighties, um, 70, like from like the 1920s to the 1980s. Uh, they actually didn't let black people live there. Uh, but now it's, it's getting more integrated and becoming better. I still wouldn't fucking go to Forsyth County, but eventually like all things, uh, Forsyth as Atlanta expands, uh, Forsyth County will be, will get better. But uh, there's still holdouts, and uh, hopefully they'll die off, and we won't ever hear from them again. Yeah, that's right. It's like a very naive strain of thinking to think like, oh, civil rights movement, uh, so now um, racism over. Yeah. <laughs> and we never went back and, fi- and fixed the systemic issues like redlining and sundown towns and um, all the bank discrimination and all this other stuff. Um and I mean, people are still in the same position. It's just not legal to do that anymore, right? As it was in the 50s and 60s. But I mean, because of generational wealth and um, systemic inequalities and all that, like they're still in the same position. Like, for example, um, black wealth in the United States is one tenth of what white wealth is. Yeah. Um, that's just one of the numbers I can pull out of my head there. Well, then um, you factor in the, you know, the black billionaires because, you know, there's, a lot of very wealthy, you know, black, you know, entertainers and things like it's even more concentrated at the top than it is for white people. Oh yeah. Like there's a sort of idea of like black capitalism is like the path to black liberation, which I think is really dumb, but it's (laughs) a thing. And a lot of like black celebrities are like, huge proponents of this like jay-z and nick cannon and herschel walker i'm sure <laughs> and a lot there's of like football a, players it's just yeah like, there's like a whole thing like the uh the, the, like very the, delusional yeah the myth of like the like the black capitalist like 
that uh, I, there's a lot of good uh, black revolutionaries and like black socialists in America that are are talking like I'm not talking about like killer Mike. I'm talking about like actual like socialists and communists that are like you know black capitalism is not the way. And the, the best quote is like you know capitalism hasn't fixed white folks' problems. Like why do you think it's going to fix our problems? I mean, it's 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 capitalism. capitalism put them in that position right through yeah. slavery was very capitalist as an institution. Yeah. It, it built like the, it built the, it built the industrial North. Like it built the, the capitalist class was the Southern uh, agrarian caste system of, of slavery. So yeah, it, it definitely like Northern, like Southern plantations, the money that they generated fueled Northern banks, like an in industry. So it's uh it's all intertwined. But like the uh, this idea that like you're going to buy yourself out of institutional racism is is weird. And it is. I mean, I, I, I don't I mean, I'm as a, as a white dude. I, I don't I don't I don't get it. Um, that's for that's for the black community to talk about. But like uh, it's like that one quote. I forgot who, who said it, but uh, it was a black actress. Like, you know, capitalism hasn't fixed white folks problems like it's not going to fix ours. And it's like there's tons of poor white people that Absolutely. You know, capitalism hasn't saved. And they're poor. So, but yeah, it's, it's, and another thing, like just even the history, like anytime black, the black community is able to generate enough wealth, white people come in and destroy it. Like we're talking about like black wall street and Tulsa now. Yeah. There's, there's tons, a great there's example. tons, tons of other examples of that. Uh, Rosewood in Florida. We had one in Alabama, uh, yeah. the, you fall, uh, you fall a massacre, uh, racist came in and, and, and uh, killed uh, a number of black people trying to vote back in the back during Reconstruction, and uh, like a thousand people were denied voting, and like they had a coup with the local government, and uh, they killed people, and like it's it and and a lot of these big lakes, um, Lake Lanier, obviously there was a, a apparently a thriving black community that the TVA pushed out in order to flood and dam the river to get Lake Lanier. And then I believe it's also like around like Lake Martin in Alabama. There's a number of, of lakes that were created by the TVA that used to have thriving black communities around it. But they were like, hey, let's dam up this river and flood this town and kick all the black people out or they'll drown. So it was like either, you know, we'll give you some money for your house, move or you're going to drown. And they didn't they they obviously didn't get what their property was worth. And uh, of course not. And, and so they suffer. And another thing is that. uh the other thing like just historically is that uh black people were kept out of a lot of the labor movement like it, it's sad to say that a lot of labor unions in the united states were racist and they were kept out of uh organizing and they had to organize their own unions and then they didn't get work because they were black or a lot of the white workers uh wouldn't accept black managers i think there was one instance in detroit where an auto uh manufacturing facility i forgot it was a ford or gm one of those um they uh, promoted a black worker to manager and the white workers went on strike. So that's a big thing in, in, in coal mining too. That was a huge thing. Uh, black coal miners from the South, especially Birmingham were brought in to break strikes uh, in, in Appalachia in the, in Northern coal mines and out West. They weren't told that they were strike breakers. They were told that, you know, that you can escape the racism of Jim Crow and work in these new mines. And they show up to these established mines where the workers are on strike and they get off the train and just beaten with clubs by white coal miners who are beating them because they're scabs. And then the, these towns turn into sundown towns because they, the white workers see the black workers as scabs taking their jobs. And the black workers are like, hey, we were told we were just going to escape the Klan and be able to work in places where our lives aren't be threatened. 
but now you're beating us with sticks and calling us scabs. Like we understand what a union is. We were lied to. Um, Frederick Douglass famously said, I talked about this in our first episode, Frederick, Frederick, Frederick Douglass famously said that uh, black workers shouldn't hold out in a strike uh, when white workers don't see them as equal. So he's like, yeah, break the strikes. Fuck them. And it's just like, yeah, I don't blame him. So uh, that whole being able to join like the managerial class and to work up the capitalist system was denied to black workers for a long time uh, because of, of racism, whether it's institutional in the government or in the labor movement or just in general. Uh, so, yeah, they weren't able to talk about generational black wealth is so small. It's one of the major reasons because they had to live in the worst part of the towns and the worst part of the cities had worst the worst job. Yeah. Worst educations, worst jobs and uh, were not allowed to progress. Yeah, that's how they could use like um, literacy tests and poll taxes to systemically discriminate even more in the Jim Crow South against African-Americans. Yeah. And like the, the ruling class loves when they pit the, you know, oppo- they they pit the uh, working class against each other, you know, whether it's poor whites and um, poor blacks and the Jim Crow or wherever um, and having them go at it and be divided instead of uniting to oppose this really bad uh, influence in society. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's sad that like, uh, like uh, the, the white population of the United States even today just doesn't see it. And they, uh, they have this, if you want to use Marxist terms, like this petite, petite bourgeois mentality that they don't see themselves as exploited workers. They see themselves as like one day they can be like small business owners and whatnot. So they, they have this like middle class. Yeah. They have this, like the, they call it the petite bourgeois mentality of, you know, individualism and no sense of real community. And, uh, they think that, you know, capitalism is going to work for them. Whereas like, marginalized people are like yeah this system is bullshit you know it's stupid but they're unfortunately in the minority and can't rise up and take on the system because the 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 capitalists the bourgeois have like this army of 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 white people especially white workers that somehow believe that you know they can be we can, we can, I can own the plantation one day. I can own the business one day. I can do this. And it's been like that since the beginning. Like you have the, the white yeomanry, the, the overseers, the slave patrols are like, if I work hard enough, I can have my own plantation. Not, Oh, I'm an exploited worker uh, being exploited by these rich plantation fucks that have never worked a day in their life. Uh, No, it's I, if I beat these slaves and kill them and work hard enough to show the plantation owner that I'm one of them. Uh, I can have a plantation one day if I make enough money. And it's just that whole mentality has, has, has been able to proliferate and exist. Even to today, you still yeah. have like, uh, you know, these tech bros and like white dudes, especially like, uh, or even, you know, white women or white people in general, like I can be the next Elon Musk. I can, yeah. I can be, I want to be a small business owner. I can fuck off. Like, it's it's never I'm an exploited worker. It's I'm gonna open up a small business and I'll be able to drive the fifty thousand dollar pickup truck that's not a Toyota because I'm a chud. And uh, you know, I'll I'll be Donald Trump speaks for me. Like Donald Trump doesn't fucking speak for you, dude. You're not a fucking billionaire. Like fuck yeah. off. Definitely does not represent <laughs> the working class, yeah. although he does a good job of pretending to. Yeah. 
Then I tried yeah. to I try to do like Tucker the way Tucker we don't have video, but like the the, the face that Tucker Carlson does. <laughs> yes, like yeah, he's just dude. like oh. perpetually shitting his he's like perpetually shitting his pants <laughs> while he's confused. And he's like I'm trying to get that like his his like his his vocal pattern is perfect. It's like America used to be great, but then what happened? I'm gonna tell you. Uh and it just like <laughs> goes on some racist rant, but like the way he phrases things like California, the land of Hollywood. Used to be a great place, but then the liberals took it over, and now yeah. it's a barren wasteland. <laughs> There's poop everywhere in San Francisco. It's like the the Obama method. It's like what Pete Buttigieg has started doing now. <laughs> yeah, it's this. Uh, let me clear. Uh, no, I'll tell you what. Uh, Obama, uh, I'm gonna drone you if you piss me off. <laughs> yeah, they said it, the CIA thing. gave me my own Predator drone, and I use it all the time. Uh, I call it, I call it the Barrio, and it flies around. <laughs> and if you piss me off, I send a missile after you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like that face <laughs> that Tucker Carlson makes. He's like, it's very, very funny to look at. That's the face he makes. You know, he paused and he's like, "Oh man, I really shouldn't say the fourteen words, but I really want to." <laughs> <laughs> what would, what would, what would it be like? Tucker Carlson's like just looking confused, and he's like he perpetually shitting himself. He's like. You know, uh, we must protect the white race for our children, whatever the fuck the 14 word bullshit is. He's just like saying it. He's like, he's like, the great replacement theory. Sounds good. I think it's not really a theory at all. I think it's a law. I'm Tucker Carlson. I'm a fucking billionaire. My family owns Swanson TV. Swanson, yeah. I'm going to be fucking rich. I'm a fucking bill. I'm going to be a billionaire one day whenever whoever fucking dies. Like, he's already rich on his own. It's like oh, Anderson. Yeah. It's like Anderson Cooper's a Vanderbilt fucking uh, Tucker Carlson's family owns Swanson TV dinners. The guy's a fucking multimillionaire, if not a billionaire. <laughs> like, get, get the fuck out of here, dude. Tucker Carlson does not speak for the fucking working class. But the funniest fucking thing of all is that I don't know. Okay, maybe he did. I don't. I didn't see uh, if if uh, if Chris Smalls. Uh, I know he was on Tucker Carlson, but has like CNN or MSNBC had uh, the guy who organized the first Amazon but- labor. Yeah, in the country. Staten Island. Yeah. Yeah. Was he on MSNBC at all? I think so. I, I know he was on Tucker Carlson, which is the is fucking rich that like liberal news media's I probably haven't given him uh more coverage than like primetime Fox News. That's it's, terrible. It's, it's like uh but you know, and California. That was, <laughs> that was interesting the when he appeared on Tucker Carlson because Tucker didn't really push back. He's like, yeah, I like the working class too. And like, I empathize with their struggle or something because, um, you know, they see Amazon as like this super woke, like corporate mob, you know? And I guess for that specific instance, they'll, you know, kind of agree with them there. But then when it comes to like unions actually like taking power, like Starbucks right now is unionizing. Like they're trying to unionize not just all across the nation, but at five points in Birmingham here in Alabama, um, go them. But, um, you know, when workers actually take over, you know, the big business Republicans would be like, Oh no, our country's falling apart. It's falling to communism. (laughs) Starbucks coffee used to be good, but now it's turning your kids gay. I'm Tucker Carlson. (laughs) Is Starbucks coffee turning your children trans and teaching them CRT? I had a cup of Starbucks coffee the other day. And they asked me for my pronouns. I said, <laughs> Jesus slash Christ. 
sounds like Alex Jones with the, the frogs turning. Oh my God, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Listen here. Listen here. I got the papers. I got the documents. I know the truth. The globalists have taken over and they're going to kill your children. And they're putting chemicals in the water that are turning the freaking frogs gay. And it's just. <laughs> That's perfect. I wonder how is a Sandy Hook thing is going along. That my wife left me and she took the kids and I don't have any money because the globalists, they're going to wait. <laughs> I have the documents. Yeah, just ignoring the lawsuit where all of his money got. You will die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he committed slander against all the families of the Sandy Hook massacre, yeah, and lost. he's paying the price yeah. as he should. Then he like had to get on stage and be like, "It's all an act. I'm not really this crazy." <laughs> That's like when Lance Armstrong he got sued for a hundred million dollars by the United States for like defrauding a federal agency because his team was sponsored by the postal service. Like they took everything, but he had invested in Uber in its infancy. So he's still a multimillionaire. Dude. Yeah. He got so lucky. That's Armstrong sucks. Yeah. He fucking sucks. Remember those live strong bracelets. They were fucking great. I was a, I was an Armstrong stand when I was like third grade. (laughs) Oh, poor Judy. I did a, we had to do these book reports and you had to read a biography. And then for your book report, they would take like eight of the students at a time on different days of the week. And you would sit at a, like a table sort of dressed up as your like, if you wanted to dressed up as your like person and you would act like them for the whole class. And people would ask you questions about your life. And you'd just Lance, be injecting. Lance Armstrong. <laughs> just, yeah. Injecting EPO the whole time. <laughs> Lance Armstrong used to be an American hero. Then the woke left got a hold of him. Yeah. And now he's not. I'm Tucker Carlson. And now he has only one ball. And now he only has one testicle. Is that something <laughs> that the woke left did? I wonder how they feel about doping. Tucker Carlson. <laughs> Lance Armstrong. <laughs> how does your average Republican feel about blood doping oh man that would be a, that'd be a good question to ask like what yeah. do you what do you think about blood doping maybe you can put a poll in our uh in our q a section of this podcast <laughs> no one will probably answer it but it'll be there they'd probably tie it into they i don't know how they'd probably spin it to be negative somehow i don't i don't know who knows maybe this would be positive no i know what tucker carlson would do <clears throat> here we go <clears throat> lance armstrong got accused of doping but they let trans athletes inject testosterone. This is more hypocrisy from the woke liberal left and their socialist agenda. California used to be a thriving state. Then the liberals got it. And now it's a burning hellhole. I'm Tucker Carlson. Like they, they, he would like pull some fucking mental gymnastics. The script to writes like. itself every time. <laughs> it's unironically what he do. He like compare it to trans kids. And it's like, no, you cannot make that comparison. <laughs> <sighs> Ronald Reagan once said, blah, 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 blah. No. <laughs> I really, I, I can, I'm glad I don't, but like, I know Tucker Carlson would be like, a wise man once said, and then like list off the 14 words. <laughs> well, Ronald Reagan's gravestone is the world's second transgender bathroom that's public. <laughs> <laughs> What's the first, Margaret Thatcher? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what, uh, I saw that Thatcher's statue. There's a, an egg vendor. Who set up shop out there? That's fucking I saw great. That. that was hilarious. What a the, Chad. The I best was making the round of Twitter. It's fucking great. The best quote was that what Scottish comedian was like, uh, 
the uh, Martin, the one of the state funerals, like it's going to cost two million pounds. A state-sponsored funeral of like two million pounds of Margaret Thatcher, and he's like, "I'm not. I'm going to do a piss poor Scottish accent." But he's like, "For two million pounds, you could give everyone in Scotland a shovel, and we dig a hole straight to hell and hand it to the devil personally." (laughs) (laughs) It's too good. I hope Scotland makes the World Cup. We're going to find out in a week or so. I hope Scotland breaks off from the UK and tells them to go fuck themselves. (laughs) They're trying. Like Ireland's pretty close. Ireland's pretty. It's gonna be a gonna be a race to see like who who breaks off and and or unifies first, Ireland or Scotland. Yeah, Ireland has real uh, reason to hate the English. Yeah. So saw this YouTube video. I don't know Charles if you saw it, but like how they the you know Irish famine happened, but like how the English greatly exacerbated it and refused to send any type of aid. And that's why a lot of Irish immigrants came over to the U.S. And so many bit. people died. We have a whole bit. I have a whole bit about that on the podcast because we're, we're ironically, uh, we're ironically anti-Irish American on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I have like a, as an Italian American, I have like a whole bit about the Irish <laughs> and the famine and Boston and like the Titanic. <laughs> Do people forget when we're talking about like, all the dumb Yankees, right? Like Boston's like maybe the most racist part Boston's of the country. That's the racist. dumb Yankee capital of the world. It's the it's the it's because all the fucking Irish went there. <laughs> I say the I the Irish in Ireland, well the Catholics at least, the Irish in Ireland, good. They crossed the Atlantic somewhere, <laughs> somewhere around, somewhere around like where the Titanic sank. Yeah, they traded yeah. into like they traded in like burlap sacks and like fiddles for clan outfits and they settled in Boston and they just became the most ra- they all became cops and just fucking <laughs> racist shitheads. It's just <laughs> It's just like what the fuck. That's one of the like there's a there's a as a uh an Irish Republican from the, the Republic, the Irish, the that, their version of Republicanism came over and was like giving a tour of like Boston. And she says like the most disgusting thing that she's heard was how the Irish Americans are literally saying the same thing that the British say about the Irish. Uh, they're saying it about black people in America. And it, she's like, I don't fucking understand how Irish Americans can in, in one sentence like praise the Irish revolutionary struggle and demonize England and the British and saying how horrible like the occupation is and how horrible the Irish, the Catholics Irish are treated in uh, Northern Ireland and how Britain has, you know, uh, put its boot on the neck of Ireland for so long. And then in the next breath, like say black people are lazy and not worthy of equal rights. She's like the, the British say the same thing about us in Ireland. How are you? How are you this fucking disconnected? And it's because they became white. There's a great article. The Italians too, unfortunately, but there's a great article on like how the Irish became white. I think uh, I think PSL of all of all things put it out, but uh, okay. it's it's a it's a great article about like how uh, parts of Europe that were not considered white when they first got here like assimilated into quote-unquote white culture and whiteness and it's just like she was just like i don't understand how the fucking these these dumb potato fucks in boston uh don't uh fucking see that they're saying the same thing that the british say about the irish in ireland so that's why i say the irish in ireland good the irish in america bad 
Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was, I'm just, I'm just going to go on it. I, I turn into Bill the Bo- Bill the Butcher from Gangs of New York when I start talking about this because I just have this ironic <laughs> hatred of the Irish. <laughs> I don't know it why. It started out as a bit and then it became like a real thing. <laughs> there was this SNL sketch. It was really funny. And it was like a historical you know, museum, but like living museum where it has like the actors and they're like at a dinner table and they're a Polish family like talking about, we got to have the potato soup. And then they're talking about, oh, those dirty, filthy Italians, you know, they're not white people. But like, that's, <laughs> that's really how American, like white Americans thought of this, yeah. like dirty Europeans, like, because like a, a lot of Italians, especially from the more Southern regions were like darker skinned, like yeah. they're, they're not really uh, white people. Right. Um, but over time, as you said, like they assimilated, um, they became important part of the labor force. Um, and you know, they weren't in the slave class, obviously. So like yeah. over time they kind of assimilated and people got used to them. And there was, it, there was a lot of this xenophobia, like, and, um, like anti-Catholic, there are all these, you know, killings and, um, you know, rhetoric against Catholics, you know, in the U S and now like everybody's cool with Catholics. Now the Supreme court is a fucking Catholic institution, uh, that's controlled. I, 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 my dad's like Mel Gibson Catholic, like super uber duper Catholic. And I was like the Supreme court. Cause I was like, the Supreme court is now majority Catholic in an institution of Rome. And he was like, as some Protestant propaganda, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, I thought I was going to say, yeah, my family's from um, all my family uh, is from Southern Italy. Um, except the, the part that was, uh, the people that have been in Alabama since, you know, back in the day, but like, Three fourths of my family, seventy five percent of my family is from Southern Italy. So, like, what yeah, I, I, uh, my grandfather is from Palermo, Sicily. My grandmother is from Bari in Southern Italy, and then my um, my dad's side of the family, his father, hold on, I think it's Vicenza. It's on the Adriatic coast in the in the south. Vicenza, uh, Vicenza, yeah, I think. Hold on, let me. Italian family. Uh, no, I'm sorry, not Vicenza. Uh, Bari, Patana, and uh, A-R-I-E-L-L-I. Ariely? That's like south-south, though. Like, that's, yeah. That, like, all the uh, all the conservative wing nuts in Italy, that's where they are from. Yeah, it's fucking wild. <laughs> this is, like, all the... Uh, it's funny, because, like, all the communists are in northern Italy, where, like, all the money is. And then all the, the peasantry is... It's like, the conservative ones are in the <laughs> south. It's like, what the fuck? But yeah, it's uh, it's yes, yeah, so all my family's from Southern Italy. But I, the point I was trying to make is that we're going to do an episode on this. But uh, the largest mass lynching in U.S. history was of Italians in New Orleans. It was like 11, 13, I think 13 Italian Americans uh, were lynched in New Orleans in 1898, I believe, uh, because uh, the police chief of the city got it was murdered during a mafia feud uh, between the two families. And uh, these Italian Americans were uh, rounded up and accused of being uh, La Cosa Nostra, the mafia, and they were found innocent. But the white uh, waspy New Orleans gentry rounded up the crowd and they broke into the jail cells and, and lynched all 13 uh, Italians. And then also uh, five Italian Americans a few years before, maybe a few years after in, uh, in Louisiana, again, on the on the Mississippi River were lynched. I think they were store owners and they actually let black people into the store uh, to shop during segregation. And then they were lynched because of that. Actually, the, the whole incident 
the New Orleans incident is actually, unfortunately, the reason why we have Columbus Day. <laughs> the Italians were pissed, like the whole the king of Italy at the time and the Italian government like cut off uh, uh, communications with the American government. I think they suspended the uh, they kicked out the American ambassador. It was a huge, huge thing. And Italians were pissed. The Italian Americans were pissed. And uh, the American government was like, uh, oh, we got to do something to pacify these guineas. And they gave him Columbus Day. And I was like, no, <laughs> why? Why Columbus Day? Of all fucking things, you got Columbus Day. <laughs> America. Roll tide. Roll damn tide. I'm pretty sure we're like completely off schedule I'm, I'm sorry i'm not used to professional podcasts like oh, no, no, schedule. We, are, we are chilling but yeah i think i think we can about wrap it up dope <sighs> america Drew agrees in silence drew died drew used to be a podcast host but then <laughs> He died because of the woke socialist leftist agenda. That is a great replacement theory. I'm Tucker Carlson. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Drew and Trudy show. Peace out. Thanks for hanging out with us, Nelson. Appreciate it. Go no listen problem, to y'all. Dixie Land of the Proletariat. Hell yeah. Cue the uh, outro.